Welcome to the Real Life Cooking Podcast. I'm Kate Shaw, and this week we're going to learn how to cook parsnips. Specifically, we're going to learn how to roast parsnips and carrots, which go well together and which make a fantastic accompaniment for turkey. Then we're also going to learn how to make shepherd's pie to use up your Thanksgiving leftovers. Parsnips look sort of like pale yellow-white carrots, and they taste slightly sweet like carrots too, but with a little more zing and a chewier texture that I really like. They also pair well with carrots. You peel them just like carrots, then slice the tops off just like carrots, and for this recipe, you cut them into little sticks just like you do carrots. Parsnips often have much bigger tops than carrots of the same length do, which taper to a much thinner end. For this recipe, all you need is a 9 by 13 pan with sides. Pour enough olive oil into the pan to just cover the bottom with a thin layer when you tilt it around, then set as a side. Next, clean and cut up about a pound each of carrots and parsnips. You can cut these into sticks or pennies, but I think you get a better texture and flavor from the sticks. You can start with baby carrots, but you still need to slice them up. You want the pieces to be thin so they'll cook faster. I typically cut the baby carrots in half lengthways and cut the parsnips into pieces about the same size. This takes a while, but it's not difficult, and you can listen to a podcast or some music while you work. When you're about halfway done cutting the vegetables up, turn the oven on to preheat to 425 degrees Fahrenheit. By the time you finish, the oven will be hot, at least if you work as slowly as I do. Once you've got the carrots and parsnips cut up, put them into the pan and drizzle more olive oil over them. Not a lot, maybe about a tablespoonful. Sprinkle salt and pepper over them, then use a spatula to carefully stir them around and turn them over until they're pretty well coated with oil. Then sprinkle more salt and pepper over them and put them in the oven. Set the timer for 20 minutes. When the timer goes off, take the pan out of the oven. You need to really give those vegetables a good stir, and that's hard to do while they're still in the oven. Make sure to close the oven door so heat doesn't escape while you're working. Use the spatula to turn the vegetables over again and stir them around. They'll still be hard at this point. You're not done cooking them yet. Put the pan back in the oven when you're done and set the timer for 15 minutes this time. When the timer goes off, use a fork to test a few of the pieces. They're probably not fully softened yet, but they may be depending on how thin you cut them. If they're not tender, stir them again and set the timer for another 5 minutes. They should be done at this point unless you cut them pretty thick or you set the oven temperature to 350 instead of 425. Not that I've ever done that. If that happens, turn it up to 425, shove them in there, check them every 10 minutes until they are tender. When they're fully cooked, a fork will pierce the carrot sticks easily. The parsnips may feel just a little firmer, but it shouldn't take effort to jam the fork through them. This makes a great side dish, and in many parts of the United States at least, parsnips are kind of a novelty. 
When I first tried them, I wasn't sure I liked them, but now I'm nuts about them and wish they weren't so expensive compared to carrots. The vegetable sticks should keep just fine in the fridge for a few days if you cover them up well or put them in a sealed container. But when I make this recipe, I am always planning to use at least half of them for shepherd's pie, or even all of them. This week I made this recipe, then immediately shoveled the cooked vegetables into a fresh dish and turned them into shepherd's pie without tasting a single one or even letting them cool down. They just went right back in the oven. Shepherd's pie is fantastic, and it's really the only reason I ever make gravy. For shepherd's pie, you only need a 9 by 9 pan. Basically, you put any leftover vegetables in the bottom of the pan, layer leftover meat over that in bite-sized pieces, pour leftover gravy over it, and top it with leftover mashed potatoes. Then you bake it about half an hour, and it melds into something greater than the sum of its parts. And its parts were pretty darn good to start with. In practice, though, who actually has that much leftover mashed potatoes? And how much gravy do you use? What if you don't have any gravy? Let's go through this recipe more closely. First, the mashed potato issue. Mashed potatoes are amazing, and I do eat a lot of them. We've never had an episode about mashed potatoes, although I've got one planned eventually, probably pretty soon to be honest. But while they're not hard to make, they do take some time. So unless you made a mountain of mashed potatoes for Thanksgiving, but everyone filled up on dressing instead, you probably don't have enough left over for shepherd's pie. You need at least two cups to barely cover the top of a 9x9 pan, and double that is better. The solution is instant mashed potatoes. These are actually pretty good nowadays. I literally buy the Walmart house brand that comes in a cardboard box because it lasts a long time, it's super cheap, and the cardboard recycles. You can buy the same mix in a plastic pouch, but it costs more for a much smaller amount. To use in this recipe, buy the plain potato mixture, not the fancier kind with garlic flavor or anything. You just prepare them according to the package directions, but if it doesn't call for butter, add a tablespoon or two of butter to the water while you're heating it to improve the flavor. Once you've got the potatoes made, you're ready to go. Turn the oven on to 350 degrees Fahrenheit and get out your 9x9 pan, but you don't need to grease it. You'll be adding gravy or a gravy substitute, which will keep everything from sticking. Put the vegetables in first, then the meat, all of it cooked, of course. I usually use this with leftover turkey, but other meats work fine with it. Any vegetables work fine too, but I especially like the roast parsnips and carrots. You can, of course, mix the meat in with the vegetables instead of layering them, but putting the meat on top of the vegetables keeps it from absorbing too much moisture and taking on a wet texture. If you're using turkey that's gone dry in the fridge, though, you might want to put it on the bottom layer. Over this, you'll pour about one cup of gravy. I sometimes make my own gravy and sometimes use a mix. I'm not a gravy lover, and frankly, my homemade gravy is not that good. If you don't have gravy, you can add a cup of broth or stock instead. 
but gravy adds a lot more flavor and is a better texture since it's thicker. If you use broth instead of gravy, make sure you add extra salt to the vegetables, even if you salted them perfectly when you made them originally. Finally, pile the mashed potatoes on top of it all. More is better. Add them all. It's easiest to spoon them on. You can smooth them off with the back of your spoon if you like, but you don't need to as long as they completely cover the top. They're acting as a lid and you want to keep the steam inside. Put the pan in the oven and set the timer for 30 minutes. This is a forgiving recipe since everything is already cooked and you're basically just heating it through. So if you want to leave it in a little longer, that's fine. Just make sure the potatoes don't burn. A little browning is good. A lot of browning is not so good. That's it. That's all you need to do. Your shepherd's pie is ready to eat, although be careful because it's blazing hot when you first take it out of the oven. While all the ingredients are great on their own, somehow when they're baked up together, they become even better, which is a neat trick. This recipe keeps well for several days in the fridge, covered up with tinfoil. Heat it up before eating. It's a filling, satisfying comfort food that's perfect for chilly days and is the best way to finish off the turkey meat that everyone's sick of several days after Thanksgiving or some other holiday. If you don't eat meat, there's no reason why you can't make this without meat and use vegetable stock or a butter gravy, although I admit I have not tried it that way. Let me know if you do. You can find Real Life Cooking Podcast at reallifecooking.blueberry.net. That's blueberry without any ease. You can find the recipe that goes with this episode in the show notes. Now, get out there and enjoy your food.